as we start, I'm going to invite Jose to come up here. He's going to be preaching for us today. Uh, as you all know, as King's Cross started a number of years ago, almost three years, it first started with a really good friend of mine named Paul Brandis, who was the chaplain of Sterling College. And Paul and Ashley ended up feeling called back to Kansas City uh, and serving there in a church. And so that was a big change. Just ch- Paul was the chaplain, and then suddenly in Kansas City. And I was wondering, who is God going to bring into this new chaplain role at Sterling College? I really hope it's a guy that I like a lot. Uh, man, wouldn't that be weird if it's someone that I don't really enjoy so much? But, man, it has been an absolute joy getting to know Jose. Uh, He is doing a phenomenal job at Sterling College, engaging students and sharing the gospel with them clearly, and also caring about, uh, is this still on here? Great. Also caring about uh, them growing and being discipled in him. So after almost a little over a year of getting to know Jose and doing ministry with him at the college, I'm really, really glad that you're here to also minister to King's Cross, see this church family here. Um, So I'm just going to pray for Jose real quick here, and then let's let him speak God's word to us. Lord, thank you so much for how you have gifted this friend, this brother in ministry, and his passion for you. And that he deeply knows you in his inner being, has a fire from you, Holy Spirit, to see other students come to know you. And so, God, I pray, would you speak so clearly to him and draw out in our hearts the truth you want us to see and be molded by and transformed by. So fill my brother right now with your Holy Spirit. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Let's see if testing, testing. One, two, three. Am I on? Let's see. Let's see. Am I good? Good morning, good morning. I'm just going to move this out of my way right quick. Is that okay with y'all? It's just such an honor to be here with you. I hold this church in high regards. I hold my brother Caleb in high regards. It's been a blessing to get to know him. I only ask you one thing this morning. Just I want you to expect God to move in your heart. I know you may have been busy and just going throughout this week and just simply... I'm here at church, but I don't want this to be just another I'm just here at church kind of Sunday. I want God to really work in your heart, and I want us to really sit at the feet of Jesus. We can simply play church way too long, but this community and people are lost and they need Jesus. I pray this church is ready to encounter God in such a way that it would move my heart to go across the room to someone I don't like, to someone that doesn't look... Same for me, someone who I'm not going to talk to, but be spurred and led by the Holy Spirit so I can show them the love of Christ. This community needs the church. We need each other. I've been blessed as I was walking here this morning, church. You loved on me. I got to meet some of these people. You're tough right here because I'm going to pop your bubble sometimes, but I'll I'll, I'll be in the back, so don't worry. I know I can kind of feel you a little bit. But it's such an honor to be here, Pastor. Thank you for the invitation. But I really pray, as I've been praying uh, these last few days, uh, Lord, remove me. It's not about me. It's not about who we represent. It's about Jesus this morning. I pray wherever you're from that you can simply know that there's a God that loves you, that he sees you, that he he desires that none should perish, but all should come to repentance. There is a King Jesus who is here to redeem you. So you may be sitting in here thinking, Jose, I carry so much guilt and so much shame. I feel like I don't belong in this community or this church. But let me talk about the grace of Jesus with you this morning. 
if he can redeem a boy who was abused growing up, if he can redeem a boy that didn't see his father, my father was an alcoholic, if he can redeem a father that was an alcoholic, if he can redeem someone who's been in prison for 12 years, my father, if he can redeem a man like that, he can redeem anybody. He can. He really can. I was driving from Hutch. I saw a couple people walking out this morning, and I really just said, Lord, I pray wherever they're, wherever they're at that you would talk to them. We live in a society where we just simply bypass people, don't we? Uh, we get so busy, and we often get on our task of ministry, and we miss people. I've been convicted of that. Even when I was talking to my spouse this morning, I had to slow myself down. I was already here and left her. I was already over there. I was already this after I left her, meaning this. Lord, keep me here and keep us here that our hearts will be here and not after lunch. Amen. That we can be here this morning if you have your Bible or your phone. If you'll turn with me in Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. The title of the sermon is called The Redeeming King. The Redeeming King found in Galatians chapter 3 verse 10 through 14. Galatians chapter 3 verse 10 through 14. Back row, don't get too comfortable. I may walk back there, okay? <laughs> You're the back spine of the church. Galatians chapter 3, verse 10 through 14, if you'll read along with me. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse, for it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all these things written in the book of the law and do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Verse 13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on the tree. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promised Spirit through faith. Let me pray for us. Grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of God the Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Redeeming King. Turn to, turn to your neighbor next to you and say, No one's perfect. Turn to your neighbor next to you and say, we all fight. We're all broken. This is the context in Galatians. Paul is writing the to the church of Galatians because there has, have been some teaching from the Judaizers teaching that you must add something to Jesus Christ. They were teaching you must add the ceremonial laws, the dietary regulations, and circumcision, and Jesus. So Paul was rebuking the church of Galatians. As we think in, within our society, how many churches have crumbled? How many churches have compromised? We need churches today that will stand on this word. We need churches that will stand that say, Jesus Christ is Lord. We need churches that will stand firm in grace and truth to love the people as they are and walk by you. We need churches that will walk by people who are in addiction, who have got, gone through abuse and divorce. We need people that will minister to the people who have lost their homes. 
We need people within this church that will minister to the people that don't look like us and sin differently than us. Who we are, who are we to think that we're better than people? We were once walking in darkness and God revealed himself to us. He's shown himself to us now as people that we've been purchased back. Oh, how have we opportunity to serve Jesus within our lifestyle and within what we do? This is a direct appeal to the Galatians. What would Paul say if he wrote a letter to the churches in the West? What would they say? This past summer has been a great summer. Been able to travel to different churches, churches of 10, 20, 50, 100, rural churches, larger churches, homes and churches, and to see the body of Christ, the universal body of how we collectively are moving and advancing the kingdom of God. That means every one of us, if we have the Holy Spirit, we are his children. And that means whatever gifting you have, that means God needs, needs us together. You may think, well, Jose, you don't know what I did last night. I'm just here to be here. I'm so glad you are here. I'm so glad you are here despite your hurts, despite your anguish, despite what's going on with your relatives or your in-laws or your health or your finances or the busy week next week. You are here and God has a message for you through his word. But Paul, would he say, good job, church. Keep it up. Would Paul rebuke the churches? What would he have said? See, we're stuck in this chapter, in chapter 3, verse 1 through 9. We see that Paul is stating the justification by faith alone. And now in verse 10 through 14, we're going to see the promise of Abraham. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 15 through 22, you're going to see the law and the promise. But we're going to focus on these first Four verses here in 10 through 14. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not abide by all these things written in the book of the law and do them. See, when we ex- sometimes people think within Christianity, it's, well, do this and don't do that. You can do this and not this. You feel like you're constrained. But matter of fact, We are liberated. There's freedom in keeping his commandments, not because I'm going to perform and trying to press anybody in here. No, because I know who I was before Jesus. I know my state before Jesus. I didn't deserve it. I was a nobody. I came from nowhere, middle of nowhere, living on the farm. But God chose at age nine. When I heard the gospel, I've heard it many times. I walked down the aisle. I said, Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior and people pouring into my life. I've been growing in my faith with Jesus. So everyone here, if you've never started a relationship with Jesus, today could be the day. And you, you can walk with Jesus. You can bring your hurt and your pain, your garbage, and throw it unto Jesus because His grace is sufficient. And if you have this mindset where I'm doing This for Jesus because he has redeemed me. We should serve Jesus because of who he is and not because of who we are. See, this law is a law that no one could keep. You could live millions of years and never keep this law, this Mosaic law. You see the curses in Deuteronomy 
chapter 27, and you see the blessing in Deuteronomy chapter 28. But Paul says it's a shift from ver- the first nine verses. He shifts under curse. Cursed is everyone who does not abide in these things within the book of the law and do them. Paul and Peter, Jews, knowing the traditions and now combating these Judaizers within the churches of saying, stop teaching everything and Jesus. So if you look in the society, what are we trying to add and Jesus? Well, let's step back and look at our own lifestyles. Maybe some of you are trying to figure out a degree and think if I have a degree, I can prove myself and I'm somebody, but let me tell you where you're at. He loves you right now without the degree. Mom and dad, you think, well, we're not raising our kids right and we're getting judged by every parent and we have all opinions coming our way. If you're raising up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord, you're right where you need to be. And he loves you right there. If you're trying to build a 401k, retire, and have no idea if you're going to make it, he loves you. My pastor in California, he says, I'm not worried about the end of the time. I'm worried about the end of the month because California rent was way too expensive. He's worried about the bills. But we all come from different backgrounds. And we all want some type of approval. We're all seeking some type of recognition. It could be within your employment or you're leading a business. But if you think that's what's going to attain the approval of God, we have missed it. We have missed it. We cannot keep a law that's never been made to attain. We cannot earn this favor of God, this approval of God. We are simply to know who is truth, and that is Jesus, remaining in him and abiding in him. See, genuine faith and righteousness come through Christ. See, we see verse 10 that highlights that a person's life is characterized by trusting the relationship with God. Do you have that relationship with God? Is there there joy in your life? Is there peace? I'm not talking about troubles. We all have troubles. Everyone said the struggle is real. It's real. Christianity is tough, right? It is tough. I'm not talking about there is struggles in every one of our households. We have some type of pain, and we are going through something. But we know with this text, when Paul says that his grace is enough, and you are enough because of Jesus, I can sometimes sit down and say, thank you, Lord. Sit down and surrender. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you for what you're giving me. Thank you that I don't have to be an audience for everyone, but I want to please my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. See, now faith, so we walk by faith, not by sight. See, this, these church members were thinking, well, maybe we can do this, this, and that and become Christian. They were holding a weight they could not attain, and Paul was saying, look, church, don't forget what I preached to you. In Galatians chapter 5, if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law, right? I want to share a quote with you. It says this by Martin Luther, grace alone is the saving and healing power, and faith alone is the instrument that perceives and receives it. Like the eye that sees and the ear that hears, the hand that grasps it. See, not only this, in Galatians 3.11, we see 
Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. See, the law was needed because it revealed our sinful condition. The law was needed to reveal our need for Jesus. But we do not disregard the law because the law was a guardian and it set us up for the Messiah of one who would fulfill the law, of one who would come and complete with the new covenant. See, it reveals our, our need for a Savior. So when we talk about churchy stuff and within the community, what do I need to be saved from? I'm good like I am. I've got a nice house, a couple chickens, right? Couple cows. I'm good. Good, good. Got a good job. Some kids. Financially, we're good. I don't need church, and I don't need you to be telling me this Jesus stuff. And it's weird to me. And I was hurt by the church many years ago. And we understand that. We do. But the power of the Holy Spirit will reveal Himself and His need for you to know Jesus. We are called go around these people and love them. Not seclude. Not bounce away, even though I want to many times. But to engage and show them this. We are broken and we need Jesus. You won't appreciate the grace of God until you realize our broken condition. Of what he did on the cross. See, Jesus was there in the beginning. And the prophets shouted the one to come. One would come from the stump of Jesse, the line of David. And Isaiah would proclaim this Jesus that would be born of a virgin, yet without sin, and would be obedient to the will of the Father, knowing he would die on the cross. The Bible says in Romans that while we were yet sinners, that Christ died for us. So me thinking of my sin my past, present, and future sin. It was on that cross where it was nailed upon Jesus and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And Jesus said, it is finished. And he was buried. And three days later, he rose in victory. He rose in victory for us now at the saying, we have Jesus, we're on the other side. And his grace is sufficient for all of us. We don't, we don't have to trust in ourselves any longer and we cannot but it's simply Jesus and nothing else. The Bible says in John 14, 6, that Jesus is the way, is the truth, and no one comes to the Father except through him. The Bible says in Ephesians, it is by grace through faith that we are saved. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Having a family is a blessing. Employment is a blessing. Education is a blessing. Everything is in the blessing and enjoyment. Don't hear me wrong. I'm saying if you're finding your satisfaction in that pursuit, if I have this, I'll be good. If I attain this pedigree, I'll be fine. I'll make myself feel better and be able to improve. But to serve Jesus, no matter what you do, that's what our key is really what we're walking away with this morning. The Bible says in Matthew 7, 13 through 14, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy. That leads to destruction. And those who enter by are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard. That leads to life. And those who find it are few. 
The reason I tell you the scriptures, church, is because there are a lot of churches, some churches, are diluting this gospel and adding other things to Jesus. And the way is easy, but it leads to destruction. But the gate is narrow, and those who find it are few. But let me tell you, God desires that you would come to know him through relationship in Christ. You're not too far gone. He knows your story. He is a redeeming king. See, we see in Galatians chapter 3, 12 and 13, but the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Verse 13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us as it is written. Cursed is everyone who is hanged on the tree. The word redeemed, raise your hand if you like McDonald's in here. Anybody, amen? Amen. Now all of y'all are hungry. My family and I, uh, my wife has the McDonald's app because she goes all the time, so we need to get points. Uh, so the benefit of having the app is I'm like a VIP there. Uh, I just kind of look in the morning. If there's something free, I have points. Uh, they're like, well, are you using the mobile app today? Of course you know me. Uh, yes, I am. Will you be redeeming your points? Yes, I will be. I get that free bacon, egg, cheese, biscuit in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs> but you get the picture of a redemption. A redemption. The blood of Christ bought you, purchased you, cleaned you, brought you out of darkness into light, and now you were adopted as sons and daughters of the Most High. Now you are justified in right standing before God, and you are loved. Amen? Now not, whole, not only has He justified and called you, He is sending you out. He is sending you out. The Bible says that now we are a new creation. The old is past. I'm not talking about struggling. We're going to struggle with some of the stuff in the past. But we are continuing to walk forward because we are new. He has redeemed us. The law shows us a need for a Savior. And it shows us a need for redemption. It points to a fulfillment of prophecy of Jesus, of being redeemed. Doesn't it feel good this morning knowing that where you are at, if you have received God in your hearts and led by the Spirit, I'm loved exactly where I'm at. And I can't do more to earn God's favor. I don't need to run faster or try harder. He loves me right now. And He loves you right now because He has purchased you back. Our Jesus is the Redeemer spit upon, beat on. But he still loved us. He still carried that cross. Don't forget this gospel. Don't let it just be, I've heard this before. But maybe it may be it fresh in your heart that Jesus is really my Lord, is really my Savior. And I know that his grace is sufficient for me. In Galatians 3.14, it says, so that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the, to the Gentiles so we might receive the promised spirit through faith. He quotes Genesis 12, 13, where God said, I, 
I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the people on the earth will be blessed. This is good for all of us. Because we've saw, we see Paul using Deuteronomy 27, Habakkuk 2.4, Leviticus 18.5. Now we see, okay, through Abraham there's a promise. No longer Israelites or Jews, non-Gentiles. It is open to anybody. So the gospel is open to anybody. Doesn't matter what color you are, where you're from, it is open to ev- everyone. This is the promise of Abraham that there would be one that would fulfill it. And through Abraham, it was counted to him as, as righteous. See, there's so much depth and so much meat in this text that we see it is justification by faith. That the righteous shall live by faith. If you've somehow gotten to yourself, well, faith and setting up chairs, faith and church attendance, faith and being on the security team or welcome team, Faith and saying yes to everything. I was in the church plant in California, so it warms my heart to see servants of God setting up chairs, leading worship here and breaking down. What I'm saying is this. If you're doing this to impress God and not serve Jesus, I ask you to repent of this sin in the name of Jesus. I ask you to turn away and say, look, Jesus, I want to just serve you because of what you've done in my life and that death on the cross that we have been justified by faith and that we are live in faith in him. The Bible says that the righteous shall live by faith. See, there's freedom in Jesus. Thank God we don't have to keep the Mosaic law and we don't have to keep because we cannot do it ourselves. There is freedom in Jesus when you know this because the sufficiency of the death, burial, and resurrection. I can walk in liberation. I don't have to go back. I can now move forward. Yes, my life isn't perfect, but I can move forward through my pain and hurt because His grace is carrying me. Sometimes when you can't walk, He'll hold you. And when you lay down, you can't move, He'll carry you. And we sometimes in life just need that Jesus. I give up. I'm done. And that's a good place to be. Jesus, I quit. I'm done. I need to be led by you. I need to be at the feet of Christ. Tim Keller, he says this, the late Tim Keller. The gospel is this. We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared to believe. Yet, at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared to hope. You look at this text and you see that it is justification by faith. That the righteous shall live by faith. It's not Jesus plus, plus, plus. It's only Jesus. That's the way it's always been and the way it will always be. The Bible says this in Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Therefore, Christian... This is good news. This ought to make you smile this morning. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now stop living like you're condemned and start walking excited. Stop walking confident in Lord Jesus Christ. Start sharing your faith in him because of what he's done. There's no condemnation. That's the good news for me because the day I breathe my last breath, 
Oh, what a day it will be in heaven. He will say, well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. And that's why we live, because one day we walk and we will pass away. We are but a vapor. That is so rich and it is so good to know that I am not condemned in Christ because I am in him. So I want to leave you with a couple sentences and then I'll pray. If you are still in a spot this morning where you understand this and you're like, Jose, I get you, but I'm young and I'm trying to prove myself to my father. I'm trying to work hard for the company. What's your motive behind it? Is it because God is giving you employment to use for his glory and for his missions? You may be thinking, well, yeah, I, I do believe in Jesus. And, 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 look, the Bible says that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Households, marriages, if you're holding on and you feel like a fraud setting in here, you're welcome here. If you're struggling with sin that's so deep and so deep-seated and it has roots, run to Jesus. You have big decisions within your life and you have no idea. Walk by faith and be obedient to Him. But whatever we do, we know this. It is by grace through faith that we are saved. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. And what Paul is saying here for us is this. It's Jesus. Nothing else. It's Jesus. Despite what people are saying, it's Jesus. And that the righteous shall live by faith. And we don't have to, our Christianity isn't not a performance based. His grace is sufficient. So if you hear God's calling on your hearts, if you've never bowed your knee to Jesus Christ and say, Lord, I give up. I'm done trying. My life is crazy. I need help. It would be a good time to say that, Lord. Have mercy on my soul. Save me and set me free. I want to be new. I want to be changed. Christians, I want to encourage you this. Within this community, you continue being bold in the name of Jesus. You continue loving those who are not lovable. You continue approaching those who you don't like. This community needs Jesus. I need Jesus. But we have to have our foundation straight. It is God who works. We're just the vessels. God loves you where you are at. And there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The king we serve is a king that has redeemed us. Now, I want you to be redeemed. If you'll close your eyes and bow your heads with me, I will pray. Father, we thank you. This is your place. This is your church. These are your people. Thank you, Jesus. You died for my sin, our sins. While I was still a sinner, Thank you that you loved us. But I pray for the church and myself. I would serve you in such a way that it's not about accolades or performance. It's solely sitting at the feet of Jesus. So I pray for everyone, everyone right now who is weary and tired 
and holding to a legalistic Christianity that they would cast it to Jesus and turn to him only. Lord, move in our hearts. It's about you and not us. May our lives reflect the love of Christ through our speech and within our actions. And may we repent of sin and turn to you. And may we be led by the Spirit. Walk in your love. Walk in your grace. We need you, Jesus. I thank you through Paul. In this third chapter, we are reminded it is justification by faith and that the righteous shall live by faith. And I thank you that you are enough. It's your time, God. Work as you will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before we stand and worship, uh, sorry, I know. I'm uh, actually going to want you to stay in a posture of prayer for a little bit. So I'm going to actually invite our prayer team. If you guys want to stand and, and go to the back there, that would be great. Um, but the rest, if you could just stay seated, I want to lead you through a guided prayer. Just a little bit more reflection before we sing here. And what I wanted you to do is rather than speaking words to God, I want you to just take a moment in quietness and listen to him. And I want you to ask him this question. Where am I trying to redeem myself? And I mean by that, where, where am I trying to impress you or other people and get my worth and my value by what I do? So Lord, where am I trying to redeem myself? And again, I just want you to sit in quietness and listen to him in that. Lord, where am I trying to prove myself to you, impress you, impress other people? Where am I trying to do that? Lord, speak to your people. ask the Lord, how do you want to free me? How do you want to free me from trying to prove myself and earn your approval, God? So just ask him that question. If you brought to mind the way you're trying to redeem yourself, Lord, how do you want me to be free from this? How do you want me to let this go? something I, I look towards as a place I prove myself, maybe ways you want me to let this go. But now, now, Lord, what do you want me to see about you as my redeeming king? So, Lord, show yourself to your people right now. Breathe your truth into them. What do you want them to see about you, Jesus? Speak, Lord, to your people.
thank you, Lord, for your voice. So your, your sheep know your voice. You long to speak to us and for us to listen to you. Thank you for your truth in your word, Lord. As we enter into singing again here, just want to make two things clear for you. One, again, that prayer team is in the back. And if some of what you were praying for was just a little muddled or difficult or weighing on your heart, I invite you to go share a little bit with our prayer team and have them just pray for you. It could be very simple and really a refreshing way that God cares for us through his people. Secondly, as we're about to sing here, just want to give you permission to be free. Now, how often in scripture it says things like shout to the Lord or raise hands to the Lord because God made us as embodied creatures, right? He gave us bodies and as we use them, as we extend a hand or even raise our voice, it allows our hearts to express themselves to God. So just give you permission there. If you, if you need to kneel, if you want to stand and raise a hand, there's freedom for that because we're following where God has called us to. So Lord, in hearing your voice, what you're speaking to us, we want to sing and praise you. So again, if you're able to stand, would you join us here in worship?